This is the 12 Songs of Christmas, my podcast with conversations about Christmas music. I'm Alex Rawls of MySpiltMilk.com, and today is an encore presentation for those of you who started listening to 12 songs in the last year. I live in New Orleans, and the last few days have been A, brutally cold, and B, the days leading up to Mardi Gras, which is family time even during a pandemic. I've been busy being a dad and a New Orleanian, so I'll return to regular programming next week. This week, in honor of Mardi Gras, I want to go back to the first episode of 12 Songs when I interviewed Ben Schenk of New Orleans' Panorama Jazz Band. Panorama plays music from the traditional jazz repertoire and links it to sympathetic music from other cultures. Panorama is also a big part of my Mardi Gras personally because each year I march in the micro crew of T-Rex when we pull shoebox-sized floats through New Orleans' Bywater neighborhood. Panorama is one of the bands that plays in our parade in its mobile, carnival-friendly configuration, which it calls the Panorama Brass Band. It's always a treat to be near them and hear songs from the brass band repertoire and less likely songs that they rope into it. Panorama is a song of the month club that you can subscribe to, and in honor of carnival season, they cut a version of the Philadelphia International Instrumental Classic, TSOP, Sound of Philadelphia. I'll put a link to the club in the show notes so you can subscribe too. But here's a little bit of what I've been missing this week. talked to Panorama's Ben Schenk in the first episode because the band's story is exactly what I wanted this podcast to be about. Panorama also has Christmas music, and it in part comes from a personal place, in part from an artistic place, and in part from a commercial one. How artists balance those elements interests me, and I've always thought they struck an honorable balance that they could be proud of. Some of the choices are idiosyncratic with odd inspirations. Some are matters of craft, and some come from a band responding to market opportunities. In honor of Mardi Gras, here's one more from Panorama Brass Band titled Bulky 13. We'll come back on the other side with my conversation with Ben from 2018. Ben, can you give me a quick version of the Panorama story? 
Yeah. Um, well, we started as a trio in 1995. Um, a friend of mine called me to put something together to play for her wedding. <clears throat> she knew that I played Jewish music, and um, they were Jewish. So we put a little trio together. It was clarinet, tuba, and drums to play the Freilach at their wedding, the, the big circle dance. And um, after that, we just decided to keep going. And um, we knocked around. We played at the Dragon's Den. We had a gig, as a matter of fact, at um, Juan's Flying Burrito when they first opened and we were playing like right inside and they weren't even paying us and they still fired us. <laughs> so like, how do you get fired from a gig that you're not even getting paid? But they're like, well, we decided not to have live music and they never have had live music since then. Um, but, uh, you know, and it's just been a gradual evolution. Um, we started, like I said, with that trio and the original idea was to become a brass band um, <clears throat> but then we added the banjo and the accordion and then finally trombone and eventually alto saxophone and then created a separate brass band. So we have the panorama jazz band and the panorama brass band. And, um, you know, we play a lot of weddings. We play a lot of, we play at the Spotted Cat every Saturday. We've had that gig ever since Katrina. Um, we had a gig on Bourbon Street for several years before Katrina. Um, and then we've gotten to travel around the world a little bit, been to Denmark a couple of times, and we got to go to Turkey and Mexico a couple of times. Um, <clears throat> we don't travel very much, though, because we do stay busy here, and we all have families, so we're just as happy to um, make a living here. And then the Song of the Month Club started in um, May of 2014, and that was just looking at the music business and seeing that people were buying less and less CDs and consuming music more and more online. So that was kind of, well, let's get in on that. So in 2014, that Christmas season, uh, you recorded uh, Christmas <coughs> Like You Just Don't Care. Yeah. And so let's hear a little bit of it, and then we can talk about that. Yeah. Obviously, a riff on uh, God Rest You Merry Gentlemen. Yes. Uh, what's the story behind it? Oh, that's got a cool story. Um, I was, you know, it was my post college backpacking trip around Europe, and I found myself in Wales, <clears throat> and it was December, and I'm, you know, I was hiking through, uh, man, a really beautiful part of the world, Snowdonia, northern Wales, mountain region, and the only instrument I had with me was a harmonica. 
So I was playing Christmas carols on the harmonica and like, you know, joy to the world, no problem. Major key, you know, harmonica's pitched in a major key and um, the first Noel, I could find all those. But when it came to a minor key song, it just wasn't on the instrument. You know, it's a major key instrument. And um, so I said, well, let's play it in a major key. God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Instead of God rest ye merry gentlemen. So it, it has a whole different vibe. And that, that idea just stuck with me. And then when it was time to, um, we started getting um, holiday gigs several years ago. And, um, you know, we have, there's a few Hanukkah songs that we have. And, and we worked up some Christmas. So I've been kind of cultivating uh, a little holiday book for us over time. And, um, and so I just threw that idea in there. And when it was time to actually record a Christmas song, I thought that was just so silly. Yeah. That's cool. I want to I come back to the other uh, songs in a minute. But mm-hmm. did the fact, did the movement from the, major, from the minor to the major, mm-hmm. did that, how did that affect the way you arranged it? So I wanted to, you know, get the original melody. So at the beginning you hear Aurora on the saxophone, you know, and it's very dark. You know, I told her, you know, like, think of like a cathedral in England and, and like a very serious, you know, candles and, and, you know, Doug's um, got the snares off and doing the press roll like a New Orleans jazz funeral. And, and then, cause I felt like the, um, it would mean more if we then go into the major and so Patrick on the banjo kicks up to and then it's kind of a Caribbean pocket. When you take a song, I mean, mm-hmm. like this, mm-hmm. and you know, Christmas, I mean, a carol and do it instrumentally, do you still think of it as a carol? Does yes. it still have the Christian connotation in your yeah, mind? Yeah, I mean, you know, these songs have such powerful, for me, association. I grew up going around, I grew up in Annapolis, Maryland, at the time, a pretty small town, and we would go house to house and sing Christmas carols and go to old folks' homes and stuff. And um, <clears throat> I always really got a lot of um, feeling, you know, from doing that and from, you know, it's a time of year when people really sing together, which is something that I love and never get enough of. So, so yeah, um, I'm not sure that other people in the band have that same association but I certainly do you know so when I hear you know hear Aurora playing that um that's what I'm feeling yeah Yeah. do do you have any particularly interesting uh sort of caroling experiences that you recall Mm. I'll I'll tell you why I ask but go for it what do you got well you know I just remember going around our neighborhood in Annapolis when I was a kid and it's cold and It was um, other families from my school and, um, you know, parents and kids. And I just remember it being a really warm, um, you know, that feeling as a kid of, um, like, being safe and being with people and being together and um, happy, you know. I think it was a real happy time. Um, I can't think of any particular incidents. I remember, you know, going around to old folks' homes. I remember we went to... Um, 
a nursing home, and <clears throat> I remember my mom saying, now, you know, these people, I, maybe I'd never been to a nursing home, I was a little kid, and she said, well, just, you know, they're all, think of them as, like, your grandparents. And actually, I think she was talking about my great-grandmother, who, you know, who was very, very old. Sure. I think she was just trying to get me ready for seeing people in wheelchairs. And, right. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, each, I think starting around 2008 or 2009, that I've started doing a, uh, I've called a caroling pub crawl. Nice. And uh, basically, we had a basically, we sing terribly, but we sing with a lot of energy and a yeah. lot of enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. And we started basically bum-rushing restaurants and, uh, and bars on Magazine Street and uh, just walking in and starting yeah. to sing to whoever's in there. <clears throat> yep. And if we saw people on the street, we'd stop and sing to them. Uh-huh. And at one point, we were walking up up a street back up towards Britannia and we saw a few people leaving a house going to a car mm-hmm. and so we went to sing to them and it turned and the guy who owned the house said hey come on in, come on in. and it turned out that it was someone who had just finished his christmas party oh okay and he invited us in and essentially we successfully wassailed. Nice. That we had. He came in and said, "Okay, so the bar's over there. Yeah. The food is over there. Did they give you figgy pudding? No figgy no pudding, Sandy. Pudding. I but, have had figgy pudding. Okay. That uh, there were a couple who were with us that year yeah. who were so happy, yep. uh, and that after we had sung about figgy pudding so many times, that they said, "You need figgy pudding," yes, and actually indeed. made me some. And yeah. it's good. It's good. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, and then the, like the wassail is. You know, like to your health, but you're, you know, you you kind of leaning on them to to give you some ale or some hot cider wine or something. Yeah, I've I've actually been doing research on on wassailing recently. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. because what I, you know, one thing I just discovered was, you know, wassailing really barely translated to America mm-hmm. uh, because like the Puritans actually outlawed Christmas uh, okay, for a yeah. period when they came because. They saw that tradition as it was one a that pagan they, thing. As a pagan thing, Saturnalia. They also they didn't like the the kind of the class inversion because basically it was the poor or the poorer in town who were coming to the wealthier to say, give us you know give us something, give us something. We made like, you rich. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's like we're singing, uh, we're you know we're singing for you. We're not singing well for you, but we're singing for you. Yeah. And part of the tradition is is that they would then cough up the good food and the good drink. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so it was considered in, you know, kind of really indulgent. And so the Puritans didn't really care for that. Right, right. They didn't care for the whole disruptive element of it. And so, the, and so it didn't take in America, mm-hmm. even though it was the time when wassailing would have been part of the right. Christmas traditions in right. England. Mm-hmm. And so there were pockets and there were, it would be like 20 year spans huh. where different parts of the, of the colonies would have sort of outbreaks of wassailing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's been an outbreak reported. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I was thinking about your arrangement of, um, of, uh, of uh, God Rest, God rest you. you. And I was wondering, have you heard Jimmy Smith's version? Oh, on the organ? Yeah. I can't say that I have. You got so, it queued up? Yeah, I do, because actually, because he approaches it much the same way you Is do, right? so I thought you'd be, you'd be interested. Yeah, Here, I'll check that.
that is just so ridiculously oh, cool. Oh, man, that's fantastic. <laughs> so, huh. so here's the thing I was thinking about, because he really, he started, that the band comes in mm-hmm. and he starts to solo at about the same place same, where the banjo same comes point. in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I was wondering if there's something about... That moment. Well, not just the moment, but also that melody that almost makes you want to have an anarchic moment at the end of it. Because the same way, like, when the banjo kicks in, it's like the party starts now. Yeah. And the same, and then when you get suddenly, you get to the swinging section. Right. It's like, it is the same way in Jimmy Smith's version. <laughs> yeah. That here's where the party starts. Right. And I was wondering if there's something about that, you know, that melody at its stiffest that makes you want to have it well, just go off. I mean, I think that's the end of the, like, the first verse. There's a double bar line there. Right. And that's when the banjo, um, I remember this term from college, elision. So where the last note, last beat of the previous phrase is the first beat of the next phrase. And um, that's an elision. And so, so that, was, that was the idea right. for me anyway, that um, you know, we've just finished one time down in the minor key, you know, accent on one and three, very downbeat. And, um, and then right there on that double bar line, the party starts. You're right. Yeah. But is there, is there something about that, is it that sort of that piece of music that almost that invites um, that, uh, that sort of moment of explosion and that moment of joy? It sort of almost is an answer. Uh, maybe so. I mean, I think, um, uh, trying to think of the words now born on christmas day times of comfort yeah, and joy right. you know and you know but it's it's all about um getting away from satan and you know it's all it's all god rest you merry gentlemen let nothing you dismay remember christ our savior was born on christmas day to save us all from satan's power when we were gone astray Tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy, tidings of comfort and joy, right on yeah. the word joy, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I hadn't really, I hadn't really thought about that, but, um, you know, but that's when we start the party. Yeah, it was, it was funny. I was actually, I was talking with my mom about that. I was going to mm-hmm. have a conversation with you about the song. Mm-hmm. And I said, and the nice thing is, like, in the minor, in the major key, it's like, it's not nearly as dark. And she's like, it's not that dark a song. And I'm like. Satan's power is like uh, Satan's you know. power is kind of like the phrase that jumps out. Yeah, and, I mean so. it's very religious, and that that you know it's part of the religion. I think is um, that you know we're in danger. Yeah, you know that this is a dangerous world, and um, whatever you know, whatever you think about that, um, and you know Christ is the good news, and and um, so you know I think. That was there was kind of a feeling of like kind of throwing off the the shackles or or the you know like oh okay now we're gonna cut loose right right yeah so party how do you, in your mind how do like Christmas songs and Hanukkah songs mm-hmm. how do they fit into sort of the whole panorama body of work well you know it's it's definitely a seasonal thing so we don't play them the rest of the year <clears throat> but it's um. It's a chance to kind of shift gears. We usually do get some calls to do holiday parties or go out to schools and do a holiday program. We have a little holiday program that we do in schools. Um, But it's always a lot of fun to get called for a holiday party, like an office party or something. Um, And, uh, 
you know, so it's, it's like having this other book. You know, we play the rest of our book all year long, but then, you know, these, we probably have 15 to 20 holiday songs that we bust out once a year. Um, you know, I have a, an arrangement of Oh Holy Night. I've got, um, oh, you know, just like dip, a bunch of them. Um, what's the one? Uh, the First Noel, I think, kind of works as a like Dixieland type of vibe. Um, but it, there's a bunch of them that we just kind of have a little, like like a, like a Rudolph, you know? Wow. Just like... Which is already kind of a song in that vibe anyway. So it's a more contemporary song. Yeah, so it's just a gear shift. The one thing I think is interesting that I was, part of what I was thinking about when I asked that question is that over the years... You've, you know, you've developed a fair book that is actually sort of, that is tied to occasions. Mm-hmm. That with the Panorama Brass Band, you have an Mardi entire Gras. body of work that's tied to Mardi Gras. <laughs> right. And as you've been working on the Song of the Month, that mm-hmm. you have done like more Mardi Gras songs or carnival songs. Right. And you've actually sort of, whether, whether intentionally or unintentionally, developed a fair amount of music mm-hmm. that's actually tied to specific seasons and right. events and uh, summer, holidays. Like we put out in the summertime this summer, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the cool thing about the um, monthly thing is that you really can't think about what's going on. Um, in June, we put out a like a wedding processional, you know, because you know, that's people, a lot of people get married in June. Here, it's more... April and May, or May, you know, it's too hot in June. But, um, you know, but that, you know, you can kind of think about that. You know, what are people doing at this time of year? And, of course, you know, summertime music is different than other seasons. So. Well, and I'd also think that has to be sort of one of the rewarding features of mm-hmm. working in a specific city for as long as you have yeah. is that you've actually sort of developed a relationship with the city yeah. to a point where your music is actually in sync with its existence in its day-to-day life. Yeah, and the rhythms and the cycles. Yeah, yeah, it's very rewarding. I mean, that's the thing that, um, you know, about, I mean, we've been in business for going on 23 years, and, you know, you go around these cycles enough times that um, they become part of your you know, your thing, your, just kind of what you do and how you go about it. I'll tell you what, I want to hear mm-hmm. one more. Uh, earlier we talked about Wasseling, mm-hmm. and you recorded a, oh, yeah. uh, a song. So this is uh, Wassail, Wassail, with you, with Jane Harvey Brown, and let's hear a little bit of that, and you can tell me the story behind it. Mm-hmm. Here we go. <laughs> Joy be to you and a jolly boss. 
Yeah. So can you tell me the story behind that? Well, I've known Jane for quite a long time. We went to college together. Oh. So <clears throat> we've known each other since we were teenagers, or I guess 19. Um, and um, that was one that she sang in her high school. And she would always sing it. <clears throat> and um, Jane and I and a couple other people had a little... Um, one year we tried to do like a little caroling outfit and got some songs together and, and sang at church and stuff like that. Um, and so that was one of the songs that we did. And it was just always something that I wanted to record with her. I just love her voice. And, but again, Jane and I have known each other for a very long time. And her voice is so great for us because it has a very brassy quality. Um, and um, I just like the way her voice uh, fits in with the other instruments in the band. So that was, it was just kind of a, like, oh, we have to do that. Is that fairly faithful to the uh, original or to the, I mean, the, the carol? The, you know, I, I've never known any version besides Jane's. And I think that actually the version that she sang, and it's, it's kind of the, the oral tradition because, you know, she learned it by ear and then <clears throat> sang it to me. So it, I think it has mutated some um i've heard other versions that sound quite different oh cool yep yay so i'll tell you what ben this mm -hmm. has been great i really appreciate yeah, your time this has been a lot of fun it's always nice to see you so if you are in new orleans you can see panorama jazz band saturday nights at 6 p.m at the spotted cat on frenchman street you can also find the band online at panoramajazzband.com and at Bandcamp, where you can get the songs we've played and more and I think and that's where you can sign up for the Song of the Month Club or at either location. Yeah, the website, if you go to the website, there's a button that says join. The thing on Bandcamp is, I think, actually called Panorama Land. Ah. Because that encompasses, that. that's the name of our second CD, but it encompasses the jazz band and the brass band. Yes, yes. Yep. So, all right. And so Thomas Walsh did our production today, and uh, he did his best, but he couldn't screen out the people working outside in the road. Uh, our theme music is Dawn of the Cosmos by Midair Machine. You can find 12 Songs of Christmas uh, at Facebook at 12 Songs of Christmas. And if you can, drop by and say hi. We'd love to hear from you. The Internet is made to connect people and create community, so let's start one. If you like today's show, tell others who might like it too. Thanks for listening, and we'll do it again next week.